Grace and peace, and welcome to another episode of Your Week with St. Luke's. It's our weekly podcast that sets up and starts the rhythm of the week of learn, live, love, and lead. In our podcast, we want to do some learning. We want to do some scriptural study, and then from that scriptural study, begin to apply what we've learned in our lives and in living out scripture more fully, leading a life more faithful to the living God who calls us into faithfulness which then draws us back to worship on Sunday morning as uh, we get together to love each other, love our neighbor, love our enemies as Jesus taught us to, and most of all, in worship, to love God. Well, this is the second week of our series, 23 and We. And so, so far this year, we've remembered the baptism of Jesus. And in doing so, we remembered our baptism, reclaiming who we are and allowing our baptismal waters to to stir some holy discontent. Then the next Sunday, we looked at Psalm 40 and we were asked about that holy discontent. What song, what new song will we sing? And last week, we looked at Matthew 4, verse 18 through 21, and we were beginning to think about discovering what draws us here, what draws us to St. Luke's, and together to be a community of faith, to be a St. Luker, to be a part of this particular community of faith. Today, we pick up where we left off uh, with Matthew 4, verse 23 through 25, as we seek to discover where God is at work. But as we start off this the, today, I want to do it with a, a prayer. And this is a prayer by St. Benedict. O gracious and holy God, give us wisdom to perceive you, diligence to seek you, patience to wait for you, eyes to behold you, a heart to meditate upon you, and a life to proclaim you. Through the power of the Spirit and Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles. Uh, If you have a a paper Bible or uh, an app on your tablet or phone uh, to to our text for today, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 26. And I will be reading from the CEB translation. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom and healing and healed every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread throughout Syria. And people brought to him all those who had various kinds of diseases, those in pain, those possessed by demons, those with epilepsy, and those who were paralyzed. And he healed them. Large crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decropolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from the areas beyond the Jordan River. Well, once again, it's always uh, helpful as we begin to do the exegetical, the drawing something from Scripture, that, that process, to look at what is around our text. 
And so to, to, to begin with, the, the, the scripture uh, directly before our text is the, the text that we talked about last week, where Jesus calls Andrew and Peter and James and John while they are walking along the Sea of Galilee. More importantly, Jesus is walking along the sea. And directly after our text, we get the Sermon on the Mount, the, the paramount teachings of Jesus in, in Matthew, if not in all the Gospels, and, and dare I say, all of Scripture. So these three verses that are situated between the, the calling of the first four disciples of Jesus and Jesus' first teaching and most important teaching at the Sermon on the Mount is where we have our text. Matthew, once again, situates Jesus traveling throughout Galilee, just as Matthew situated the calling of Peter and Andrew and James and John as Jesus had walked along the Sea of Galilee. We have Jesus, see, as this traveling rabbi. And it's, it's interesting that, that for the Hebrew people, they too were a traveling and wandering people. In, in fact, in Exodus, God's instructions on, on building the tabernacle is not building a building with, with block, with earth and wear, but a tent. What's, what's further is God's instructions for the crafting of the ark, the ark of the covenant, uh, should have, the text says, a hole or a ring at each corner of it, allowing to, to put posts through them so that the people could carry the ark, the seat of God, wherever they went. Early on, the people are, are traveling people. They are a, a journeying people. They are a wandering people. And they are too. And, and we are too, right? We too oftentimes find ourselves wandering, not sure of where to be and where our home is. Early on, the people are traveling their journey, they're wandering, and they're not quite sure, but they carry God with them. It's just like last week's reversal, though. Last, last week, we talked about how uh, Jesus goes to the disciples to get them, as opposed to the standard way of disciples going to a rabbi. There's another reversal here. God and, and Jesus not only choosing the disciples, but here we have God in Jesus traveling around, coming to us, entering into our lives as Eugene Peterson says, as Eugene translates John 1, God moved into the neighborhood. Here we have Jesus right away picking the picked over, choosing the unwanted, and traveling, wandering, journeying, coming into our midst. I wonder if sometimes you might feel like... Um, it's hard to carry God with you. And you need to hear that, that God is coming to you, to where you are. 
Matthew tells us. This this traveling Jesus is traveling so that that he might teach, teach in their synagogues. It's interesting that that synagogues is is possessive, their synagogues. Once again, Jesus is stepping into our environment, our place, our home, our workplace, our lives. And what is Jesus doing when he steps into our lives? He's teaching. For Matthew, teaching is more important than miracles. The miraculous acts of Jesus in Matthew follow the teaching, not the other way around, like in both Mark and Luke. See, they need to show a miracle and a miracle worker so that we will listen to his teachings. Matthew will have none of that. See, for Matthew, there is power in Jesus' presence. There is power in Jesus' teaching. And I think that's an important and interesting thing to ponder on here. You know, there are a lot of churches Christian denominations who lean on miracles, whose emphasis is solely on the, these extraordinary acts that the Gospels depict. What's further is that there are practices of faith that are so focused on the miracles that they miss the teachings, the mandates, the instructions. There are practices of faith in Christianity that emphasize the death and resurrection so much that they rarely talk about the life and the teachings of Jesus. Well, I'm grateful for Matthew's emphasis here on the teachings of Jesus, reminding us that our faith should be in Jesus, all of Jesus, his life, his teachings, his death, and his resurrection, all of it. What has the emphasis been for you lately? Which part of Jesus has been overshadowed, maybe, maybe neglected? How might the teachings of Jesus become more of an influence and an impact on your life? How might the teachings of Jesus be more of an emphasis in your life as it is in Matthew? What of Jesus' teachings do you find most difficult to live out and practice? Well, the second half of verse 23, we get a reminder of what we were told in verse 17 last week. If you recall in verse 17, it says, From that time, Jesus began to announce, Change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. And so now in verse 23b, we are told he announced the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. This proclaiming of the good news, this synagogue teaching of the kingdom of heaven is a teaching about healing and wholeness. Healing here is the Greek word therapyou. This verb is, has connotations of the process of healing. 
of the natural elements in the process of healing. It means to, to serve, to cure, to attend to, to treat. Reversing a, a physical condition, it means to restore a person having an illness, disease, or infirmity. And, and this word is, is the same root of the word therapy and therapeutic. It seems that Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is a therapeutic place. I have uh, many friends. I'm blessed to have many friends who are mental health counselors. They're therapists. And I remind them as often as I can that what they do is holy work. And that this holy work, walking with people, is what Jesus did. Helping them to be restored to find healing, just as Jesus proclaimed. Well, we have a, a traveling Jesus seeking out disciples, traveling and proclaiming the kingdom of God, this therapeutic kingdom of God, that this kingdom is a therapeutic place. Uh, that, that's not a, as good of a word. This, this kingdom, more than a place, is a therapeutic state of, of, of mind, state of heart. It's a therapeutic state of the soul. It has also connotations of the word shalom, this wholeness and healing. That's all that God has created any and every one of us for, to be whole. That's what Christ came to proclaim. Christ came to redeem. Christ came to heal. Oh, this is powerful and transformative teaching, isn't it? Obviously, because in verse 24, we hear that word is getting out about Jesus. News about him is spreading throughout Syria. And here is where Matthew diverges again from Luke and especially Mark's Gospels. Matthew replaces the, the Markan, Tyre, and Sidon with Syria, and then also later mentions the Decropolis. Well, Syria is the Roman province north, uh, north of the area of Galilee, which Galilee was on the western side of the Sea of Galilee. Matthew's reference to Syria here has led many scholars to think that Matthew's gospel was written in Syria, potentially placing the evangelist's home church, home congregation, home community in Syria, this area further, further north of Galilee. Well, then I mentioned that, that Matthew adds in the Decropolis. The Decropolis is a grouping of 10 independent Greek-speaking cities. Polis means city, and Deca means 10, right? Deca, 10, Polis, city. Decapolis, the 10 cities. This region uh, begins off the eastern coast of the Sea of Galilee on the, uh, by, by the city of Hippos, which is on the opposite side of the shore from where Jesus is, and runs south along the Jordan River. This region is home of many Gentile, which is non-Jewish non people. The word is 
getting out beyond the, the small circle of Jewish people in Galilee. Word is getting out about Jesus, not just in Galilee, but north of Galilee, east of Galilee, and south of Galilee. Word is getting out. And I wonder what word is getting out about Jesus through you. I wonder if, if word about Jesus' teaching is getting out through you. Not just at your home in Galilee on the eastern shore, but also north and west and south. I wonder if word about Jesus' teachings is getting out all around. I wonder if the teachings of Jesus is impacting us in, all, in an all-encompassing way. And if not, how that might change. Word is getting out. And verse 24b tells us that, that people brought to Jesus all those who had various kinds of diseases, those in pain, those possessed by demons, those with epilepsy, those who were paralyzed, and he healed them. This list of diseases seems to emphasize the enormous range of Jesus' healing activity. In this way, the good news is experienced as a great light in the shadow of death. And again, Matthew doesn't give us any stories of this, these healings, just that it happened. Matthew's emphasis is on the teaching. Well, the last observation I want to make in our time together is that this small pericope, this small group of three verses, is virtually identical to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Jesus, traveling among all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, announcing the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. These two texts, our text today, Matthew 4, verse 23 through 25, and Matthew 9, verse 35, they serve as identical brackets that, that bookend the most important teachings of Jesus the Sermon on the Mount. This is how it begins, and this is how it ends. Isn't it interesting that Matthew tells us that Jesus is in the Galilee, which is west of the Sea of Galilee, and word gets out north and east and south, all encompassing. And this statement brackets, surrounds the most important teachings of Jesus, centering the Sermon on the Mount, highlighting, lifting up the Sermon on the Mount. This week, as we continue to read and ponder these three verses and ask the question, where is God at work? I want to encourage you to, to not only look at your immediate location, to not only look for God at work where it is most comfortable, but also look where God is at work all around you. Look for God at work in the unexpected places and considering the Decapolis is filled with Gentile people, 
Consider where God is at work in unexpected people and unexpected places. I want to close us with uh, this prayer um, from St. Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All that I have and possess, thou hast given all to me. To thee, O Lord, I return it. All is thine. Dispose of it wholly according to your will. Give me your love and your grace, for it is sufficient for me. Grace and peace, beloved friends. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday.